Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome into another edition of Kurt and Long. Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight. He is off today in his place. Uh, our guy, Jacob Westendorf, of course, of Packer Central and, of course, SI.com. Pretty nice and easy to find him, SI.com, uh, backslash NFL, backslash Packers, uh, and you will find him and Bill Huber doing their thing uh, over there. Uh, Jacob, I said I wanted to get you on because I wanted to talk some NFL draft with it being Senior Bowl week and so forth. Before we get to that, a development that happened between then and now, which is Mike McDonald, looks like he's going to be the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, with him being the defensive coordinator in Baltimore, the Packers having interest in a couple of assistant coaches on that side of the ball to be their next defensive coordinator. I would assume that this will probably screw all of that up if they did have plans on making either one of those gentlemen their next defensive coordinator. Yeah, if that was their plan, it sure seems like uh, that would be different. I mean, maybe one of the Ravens guys doesn't want to go be an understudy, and I don't mean to use that term loosely with with Mike McDonald there, but um, we'll see pretty quickly that uh, whether or not they want one of those guys there in Seattle with him and if they want to call plays or not, because if they want to do that, in theory, they probably get more credit in Green Bay than they will in Seattle for for running Mike McDonald's defense. But I don't know. I can tell you from a NFC, you know, contender slash team standpoint, I'm really intrigued with what McDonald can do with all of that talent on defense, I think he's one of the best defensive minds in, in all of football, any level. He's better than Joe Barry? What? Well, <laughs> Joe Barry's not in football currently. <laughs> hey, uh, so l- let me ask you this. If if you were given your druthers as far as what you would want from a defensive coordinator, not that you're Matt LaFleur or Brian Goodenkunst, just looking at the talent and what they have right now currently on this roster what type of defense would you want to run schematically? What type of coach would you want? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is less so about the schematics and more so about the culture. Uh, how many quotes have you heard from defensive players and the good ones? You know, I'm not talking about the the back end of the roster guys. I'm talking about the top end, top end talent on the defense just that have said in the past something along the lines of, you know, hey, we know that – if we only give up, you know, 24 points while well, we've got Aaron Rodgers or while well, we've got Matt LaFleur or Matt LaFleur, while well, we've got Jordan Love now, you know, those, those things all together. I just don't like the nonsense idea that if, you know, if we do okay, then our offense will save us type of thing with that type of mentality because the best defenses, and I'm not even saying, you know, Green Bay doesn't have to have, the Legion of Boom from Seattle or the 2000s Ravens to have a defense to be considered successful. Now that would be awesome because with Jordan Love and this offense, I don't know if they would lose very often if they had a defense like that. But can you get it to where, like, those defenses always think that the other team is scoring zero, and that is their goal. That is their thinking. I don't think that's something that has been the thought process in Green Bay. Maybe the counterargument to that is, saying that the other team's not going to score isn't realistic, especially in the modern NFL. But I don't know. I think that I want a attacking style, physical, hard-nosed type of team that has 11 guys rallying to the ball. I mean, you guys watch the way that Baltimore plays, and, and I think whatever they're doing on defense is drastically different, not even just schematically, but also from a culture standpoint than what Green Bay has been doing for, you know, the better. one of the reasons I was excited about Mike Pettin when, when he got hired was it sure seemed like 
he was the guy or one of the guys that could bring a culture like that. And ultimately he didn't, you know, and the reality is Green Bay's defense against the run has been terrible for six years. And that's a very long time. And it may even go further back than that, but I know that's the case for sure with Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur under uh, in their respective roles. Uh, and I think some of that is culture on the defensive side of the ball. So can they get a team that is willing, able, and ready to play uh, a physical nature of football to the point where, you know, you guys have seen how beat up teams are after they play the 49ers or something like that. Like that's the type of stuff that I would like to see in whoever it is that they hire as the head coach that the idea is, you know, the offense, you'll do what you're going to do. We're going to make sure that on this side of the ball, they don't score often, if ever. Defensively, schematically, with this roster and the talent that they have, knowing they can add to it, obviously, with you know five picks in the first three rounds coming up uh, at the end of April with the draft, would you consider switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucas Van Ness played with his hand in the dirt in at Iowa. Rashawn Gary did that at Michigan. Uh, Preston Smith did that when he was in uh, Washington before he came to Green Bay. And I think, you know, the thing with, they would probably need another linebacker or two to play uh, off of the ball. But yeah, I, I mean, in the modern NFL where, where nickel is kind of your base defense, the whatever your base defense doesn't matter as much, but yeah, those guys can play with their hands in the dirt. No question. And the only reason I say that uh, is from the aspect of, you know, we're talking about stopping the run and so forth. And I'm sure there are three, four defenses that do just fine stopping the run. But if you've got four really good defensive linemen, like the Giants used to have back in the day, and you can get pressure with those four, and also gives you more of the ability to stop the run with those four defensive linemen, I think that's easier to accomplish than trying to figure out the pieces to make it work with a three-four. Maybe I'm not so. No, I don't. I don't think that's incorrect. Uh, that's certainly like Green Bay's best run defense that I can remember had Gilbert Brown and Santana Dotson. Right. That was a four-man front. So yep. that was a long time ago, certainly, but. Um, you know, I mean, there are teams that can do that. I, like I said, I, again, a lot of that I think is, is culture and, and kind of the way this defense is, has been built. You know, Devontae Wyatt and Carl Brooks and uh, Colby Wooden, and those guys are guys that stop the run on their way to the quarterback. Or, you know, in Wyatt's case, sometimes he stops the run and misses the tackle and is kind of the way it went yeah. for him a little bit last year. So that's part of it too. Um, you know, I, but I think, again, a willingness or readiness to punish opposing ball carriers and, and receivers and everything like that. I just don't know if that's something that's been around as much in Green Bay for the last 10 years, conservatively. Uh, yeah, conservatively. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you on that. Now, going from the aspect of they're going to stay with this Joe Barry-style defense, Vic Fangio-style defense, the cornerbacks that they look to draft – or what they should have been doing to look to draft, uh, is a specific type of cornerback, right? This isn't just any run-of-the-mill cornerback. Uh, you have to look for specific traits of different corners that you're going to draft to put into this defense. Yeah, and Green, I mean, that's another thing that could be interesting about what is the new guy that they hire as their defensive coordinator, what do they want to do? Is it gonna, are they going to go with the, the Fangio system? Based on who they've interviewed, I think that, you know, Matt LaFleur is doing the right thing from the standpoint of this is a popular phrase these days, but looking for a coach instead of what the scheme is. And I think that's the best way to do it. The best defenses are the ones that you know, Bill Belichick was famous for 
You know, they were a 4-3 one week and a 3-4 the next week, just for example's sake, based on the matchup that they had to play and who they were playing against, making teams play left-handed and stuff like that. So I'll be interested to see what the new guy is, what his because there's general philosophies with everything, right? Like the Packers are highly unlikely to pick a corner who's like five foot seven and 175 pounds. Right. They just haven't done that in since Ron Wolf took over as general manager back in the late eighties, early nineties. So there's a lot to be learned about who's coming in. And I'll be interested if he gets, you know, if that coordinator gets media availability and what he has to say, as far as what he's interested in, maybe hear what Matt LaFleur had to say, as far as what he liked about whoever that coach ends up being and, and what their plan is to keep this window. Cause this defense, I mean, part of the reason Joe Barry got fired was, underachieving uh and also i think matt lafleur understands that the the time is now uh i don't i don't know if they knew that they were going to be contenders as soon as it ended up happening but they are and this window for lack of better phrasing is wide open uh green bay's got the quarterback in place it certainly looks like their offense was humming by the end of the season uh and really kind of only stopped themselves when it when they didn't end up scoring, especially in the last you know month or so of the season. That includes the 49er game, to be quite honest with you as well, even though they only scored the 21 points. Um, I, I think that Matt LaFleur understands that, and I think he knows that he's trying to make that defensive coordinator hire to push them over this hump and into a Super Bowl. When we talk about this, this draft uh, and say cornerback is an area of need for the Packers, and I think it, it definitely is, and then you look at free agency as far as you know, the limited amount of money that they have, where would you want to spend it? I've been kind of hammering home the fact of I, I would rather go get a veteran safety that I trust and then draft another safety or two, probably two safeties, one to play behind that veteran for the first year or two, the other one to hopefully start alongside that veteran safety. That's how I'd go about fixing that problem. I'm not necessarily in the bring back Savage camp or anybody else. Uh, I'd like to redo that room. How would you go about trying to fix that room? I think you hit the nail on the head there. The way that the Packers have typically attacked their weaknesses until last year really was strength in numbers. And that meant a free agent or two, and then a draft pick or two. Um, that's the, that's the way I think that they, they should try and approach this. They'd only have one safety under contract and that's Anthony Johnson jr. Who was a seventh round pick last year. So there's certainly nothing that would suggest that he's a long-term investment or, or anything like that at that position or even a solid starter or anything like that. So I'm interested. The Packers typically get a little uh, nepotistic or something like that when it comes to keeping guys in house. If it's a bargain free agent that they don't know versus their own guy on a bargain that they do know, that leads me to believe that I think Darnell Savage is going to end up back for one more year with the new coordinator. Maybe not, but I think that that is a safe-ish bet. Uh, And again, a lot of that depends on who the defensive coordinator is and what they value in that position. But yeah, I think you're right. This is not a position where they can have it uh, set up the way that they did last year, where there's, you know, there's nobody left. Uh, I would guess Jonathan Owens is back too. Um, Matt LaFleur spoke glowingly about him several times this season. Uh, If nothing else for special teams value, he's a nice enough depth piece. He makes enough plays when he starts. All right. So let's talk about some of the safeties in this draft class and how high it's really worth going after one of them. Uh, one of them, obviously, the top one, obviously, is Cameron Kitchens from from Miami. I normally um, am this old school guy that doesn't like drafting safeties in the first round unless you know you think you have the next Ed Reed. Then fine. Other than that, 
I always feel like I can get safeties later or convert corners to safety or whatever. Uh, where would Kinchins fall in, in your way of thinking as far is that worthy of taking a first-round pick? Yeah, in the early going here, I'm not sure that there is a safety worth picking high, and that's kind of the hard part. From last, you know, last year's class wasn't viewed as a great safety class either, and I think that's largely why the Packers punted on it. The problem has been in the last couple of years, they've had some decent safety classes, but they just kept saying, well, we have Savage and Amos, but they didn't have a contingency plan to replace those guys uh, once Savage didn't reach a ceiling and then Amos eventually was not brought back uh, after his contract expired. But this class is, I don't know, if, I mean, there's not a certified Derwin, there's, there is like one Derwin James ever, but you know, there's not a Derwin James, there's not an Earl Thomas, there's not a player like that that jumps out as like, can you even get something like that? I mean, Kinchins, um, Tyler Newbin from, from Minnesota, some of those guys, like the, the top end guy that you're looking at is like what HaHa ha Clinton Dix was when he was in Green Bay. And that's not an insult, even though his career didn't end the greatest. And that was a first in round Green pick. Bay. Right. Yeah. And he was a, he was a pick in the twenties and the Packers were desperate because their safety position at that time was Jerron McMillan and MD Jennings. And neither one of those guys are, you know, NFL starters and the Packers, Fortunately, we're starting both of those guys at, at that point in the year. So they struggled that way. Uh, Clinton Dix was a first-round pick, but I don't, you know, if you told me that the ceiling was going to be what Clinton Dix was as an NFL player, I don't think that's a guy that you would take in the top. But Clinton Dix was the 21st overall pick, I think. So I don't think he's a guy you take in the top 25. Uh, and I think that's probably true about these safeties here for uh, this draft class as well. You know, Green Bay picks 41st. Can they find a guy there? Is there a guy that, uh, fits in, in that particular spot or is, is it a position where you do the veteran bargain free agent thing again and then try and punt on finding your long-term solution there as well there's just no way they go back to back safeties like they would corner over the years where they'd go corner 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 or wide receivers three in a row somewhere in the middle of the draft like they did the one year you, you, I, I can't imagine Goody would go safety 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 or whatever the case may be. I think you maybe get one early and then one later, and that's probably the extent of it. Yeah, his trend on stuff like that has been like one early, one middle, one late. Like the year that they uh, moved on from Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, they went Watson, Dobbs, and then Samari Toure late in the draft as receivers, for example, to come to mind. They've done that with offensive linemen. Uh, They've done that at a couple different spots. So I think that is one way they could do that is if they want to go just the draft route, yeah, you could do one early, one in the middle of the draft, and then one late as like a flyer or maybe a guy that you hope is a special teams guy. Let's talk about uh, another position uh, over there on the defensive side of the ball. That's middle linebacker. Uh, not a ton stands out necessarily to me at that position in this draft. I'm not sure it's uh, very good or very deep. Uh, your thoughts on what you like there uh, looking ahead and how early would you try to address that need? Now they, they need one, and they might need a couple, depending on how you feel about Quay Walker. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie's a smaller guy. He got dinged a couple times during the year. Anytime he started to build some momentum for himself, it seemed like he was injured or missing time or something to that effect. Uh, and Devondre Campbell, uh, with all due respect, he's been a great player uh, for a long time in this league. He looked like a player who was at the end of the road uh, a couple different times during the season. Uh, maybe he was hurt more than we were let on. Uh, I don't know, but I know that when he was out there, he did not look like – he hasn't been the impact player that – he was that first year when he was in Green Bay since that happened. And we kind of all knew that was going to happen. The problem is the drop-off has been 
pretty extravagant from that player to the guy that they've had the last two seasons. One guy I know that's getting a lot of buzz in Packer circles is Edrin Cooper from Texas A&M. Uh, that's a guy that I can certainly see them liking. Uh, and he was a guy who ranked inside of Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 that dropped yesterday, which is a great resource to kind of check in on as far as that's usually what he's hearing from teams, what he thinks and combined with like what teams think as far as everything like that goes. Um, putting him next to Quay Walker, that would be an athletic marvel. Uh, the issue would be then you really have to coach both of those guys up because Walker has had some, some very high highs, but some pretty low lows and his down to down play is not good enough at this point to where you know, linebacker position, you're you're kind of worried. They made that huge investment. They gave Campbell that big contract, and they drafted Walker in the first round of the same season. And now the future there seems pretty uncertain, uh, which is crazy when you think that both of those guys essentially had five-year contracts when you think of a first-round pick and the contract that Campbell signed. So Edrick Cooper is somebody to keep an eye on. Um, you know, some mid-round guys. Junior Colson's a guy that I'm very familiar with uh, from just watching on Saturdays. But I think he's a guy that if you want the light version, I guess, of of Edgerin Cooper. I think that's somebody that he can play coverage. He's a smaller guy, um, so he's not going to be like the beef linebacker, if you will, for anything like that, but has a lot of experience playing in some really physical, well-built defenses. Uh, Mike McDonald was his defensive coordinator for a while, and then Jesse Minter, who went to Los Angeles when, when Jim Harbaugh left uh, to go there as well. So that's a guy that has some experience there as well. But yeah, you're right. Not Not a great class, but another spot that I think Green Bay has that need again. Several cornerbacks uh, there in the first round. Uh, I'm assuming one or two may fall to Green Bay and, and get to them at 25. And I'm also going to assume that a couple of offensive tackles will get to them at 25 as well. Uh, which way would you go if uh, a couple of each were sitting on the board at you at 25? I will tell you that I'm a big fan as I do more and more of these mock drafts because that's what I do because I have no no life really after the kids are sleeping, uh, and uh, so I'm just always uh, you know like the Pro Football Network one doing it all the time, and I, I tend to like to trade back a couple of spots and, and pick up more. I don't know if that's Goody's route this draft because they have so many picks already, uh, but that would be my preference, I guess. Yeah, and it seems like he likes to go the route of having more swings, more bites at the apple, whatever analogy that you want to use when you're in that spot, you know, that's the thing that gets interesting is how, as far as offensive tackles go, how do the Packers feel about the long-term prospects of Rasheed Walker? Do they think he's the left tackle of the future? Do they think it's Zach Tom and they'll have those two flip sides? Uh, They have, they have valued depth at that position. They paid Yosh Nyman um, almost a little more than $4 million last year to be a backup. Uh, and he ended up losing his job and falling further down the depth chart. But their hope and plan was that their right tackle was going to be one of Tom or um, Nyman, and then Bakhtiari played left tackle. Well, Bakhtiari obviously only played the one game, and that's another question that comes down the line is, will they bring him back? Is there something to be worked out there? He's not coming back at the $40 million or whatever it is that he's owed for 2024. I would be stunned if that is something that happened. But – can they figure out a deal where he takes a little bit, uh, a little bit of a pay cut, if you will, or can they work out something where it's something like that? I don't know. You know, the the question then becomes reliability, availability, all of those things and buzzwords that go together. And fair questions, frankly, with with Bakhtiari's injury history over the last couple of years. Not his fault. That's just how it's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, but that is a big question for them as far as moving forward. Is what do they feel about Walker as a potential tackle of the future? I would not personally 
let Rasheed Walker have me pass up on an offensive tackle that I think could be a cornerstone uh, for the next you know decade or something like that. That's that's not saying Walker's bad. It's not saying he's not good enough. I just I think that you never let good be the enemy of great. And what Rasheed Walker did last year, I mean, yes, the improvement down the stretch of the season was a positive thing. But the other reality is he was rotating with Yosh Nyman as late as November in the season. And that wasn't that long ago. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like he just locked down that spot and kept it. He did that eventually, but he just didn't he didn't play well prior to that, uh, which led them to that rotation that ended up leading them winning his job. And kudos to that. Um, as far as your question goes, if they feel good about the tackle spot, then I think corner is even with the tackle spot, that is probably number one on the list of needs they have. Jair Alexander's around. He's a great player. He's going to be around. I put zero stock into anything that says he doesn't want to be around. In fact, Bill Huber even reported that. Two sources have said there's nothing to worry about in that regard. Can those things change? Sure, but the Packers have no incentive to trade him or anything to that effect. So I'm not worried about Alexander being in Green Bay or anything like that at all. I think he's here for the foreseeable future. After that, one giant question mark. Carrington Valentine was up and down. He got benched at one point during the season for Corey Valentine, who's a career journeyman. Uh, Eric Stokes, whatever you get out of him, I think at this point has to be considered a bonus. Keyshawn Nixon, he's a free agent, and I just don't know that he should be one of your primary defensive backs. I think that entire secondary could be something that you could see between safety and corner, you could see like four or five defensive backs picked. All right, I agree with you on Rasheed Walker. Uh, I don't. That's not going to stop me from drafting a left tackle. I want to talk, though, about Zach Tom. I don't want him out there at right tackle. I don't, and I understand he played well. Um, I think he's for sure an all-pro guard if you slide him inside and can get a bigger uh, body-type right tackle. And the other thing I, I really believe going forward with this team is as much as when Aaron Rodgers was here, it was, you know, make sure they can pass block. We'll worry about run blocking later. I guess I'm thinking I'm kind of more of the opposite now where I think now run blocking is more of a thing for me, more of a Mueller type guy. Uh, and we'll work on the pass blocking later if need be based on this offense must have the ground game going in order for it to work the way they needed to with the play action. Yeah, I was in that camp for a while, but time, I mean, the, you know, the other reality, Tom just played so well. He, did. he was the best offensive lineman yep. on, a, on a group that includes, you know, Elton Jenkins. And the only guy that outplayed him, I guess, was David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari only played one game, so that's not really a fair comparison either. Um, you know, in, in a perfect world, yeah, maybe I could find another tackle and Tom could move inside or something like that. But if he's playing that well at tackle, do you really want to mess with that and figure out, you know, I mean, like you said, do I think he would be a good guard or – uh, center, especially. Gutekunst has even said in the past he thinks that's his best position with center. Yeah, I do think that, but we don't know that he's really good at those positions because we've never seen it for an extended period of the game. We know he's a really good tackle. Um, and I think you're right, though, uh, or at least on the right track there as far as the run game needing to be successful going. Um, but I think that has more to do with the center and the guard positions. Myers up and down, Runyon, Ryan, both kind of inconsistent. Uh, Elton Jenkins was good. Elton's Elton. That's that's kind of the way that works. But I think some stability there next year could certainly help. But yeah, Green Bay could upgrade at center and right guard. And I mean, you know, we just got done talking about Rasheed Walker. They could update up, upgrade at left tackle as well. Maybe that's Bakhtiari. Maybe that's somebody else. Yeah. So you continue to draft offensive linemen. I I think that's a good idea across the board for sure. Uh, the other thing that I'm curious to hear your answer on is, you know, wide receiver room is 
pretty damn good right now. However, Christian Watson can't seem to stay healthy, and they're going to look into that, and they made some changes and with getting rid of Chris Gizzy, uh, strength and conditioning, and so forth. I, I, I'm sorry, but if there's a 6'4", 6'5", dude, or bigger that can run, that's got decent hands, I may consider it. And even though it may be unpopular because that's a position of strength probably, uh, according to most, I don't think I would turn away from it only because Watson, again, is a question mark going into year three. Yeah, it's not just him. I know Romeo Dobbs had a had a really good postseason, but he had some up and da- ups and downs during the year. Wicks and Reed as well. You know, the reality of today's game is you can never have too many quality pass catchers. Guys like Bull Melton, he had a really strong finish to the season, but we've seen stuff like that before. You know, Malik Heath did some nice things as well, but he's an undrafted free agent. You don't let, again, don't let good become the enemy of great. If the best player available, whether that's at 25 or 41, I will say this, if Green Bay is going to take a receiver, I would rather them take one early or don't take one at all. Uh, if you're really upgrading the room and moving everybody down a peg, but if you're just adding competition to the Grant DeBoses and Billy Keats and Bo Melton's of the world, that's probably not worth doing. All right, uh, let me like interject. Let me interject here. At 25 or 41, do you have a guy or two of, okay, this would be an upgrade if he's still there? Keon Coleman from Florida State yep. is certainly one. Uh, guys like Malik Neighbors and Roma Dune, they'll never get there. Marvin Harrison, yeah, they'll yeah. never they'll never drop that that far. But Keon Coleman's definitely one of those guys um, that's in that area. I've had my eye on him since he transferred from Michigan State to Florida State. It was nice to see him in a real passing offense uh, instead of the slop that the Spartans were throwing out there at quarterback. Well, uh, Law Coleman was there, but that's definitely somebody that is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, okay, let's talk about the running back room. How early? What type of player are you looking for? Are you drafting multiple? I'm drafting multiple. Um, I think A.J. Dillon has played his last game in Green Bay. I think Aaron Jones is, as much as we love him and as great as he is, is, the the clock is ticking. Father time is undefeated. That's especially true at running back. I think that Green Bay has a need for more players like him, though. I wouldn't necessarily be looking for somebody that compliments Aaron Jones. Find a guy or two that's very similar. Uh, to Aaron Jones. I think that there's a few guys out there like that. Can you find a third down running back that's a a true threat in the passing game? Uh, You know, Patrick Taylor, good at everything, not great at anything, not overly explosive. Emmanuel Wilson, kind of the same thing. He's a guy who can compete. But again, I wouldn't let Emmanuel Wilson stop me from from upgrading on somebody. Uh, I have a, I have a personal affinity to, to Blake Corum, but I really do think he's a good player. Uh, not just from a college fan bias, uh, on that standpoint, again, good at everything. Um, I think his, his vision and his jump cut ability and just kind of that short area quickness and explosiveness is something that bodes well in green Bay. Bucky Irving is going to be a popular name, uh, coming out of Oregon, but he's a pass catcher. I think he caught like 60 passes or something like that last year for the ducks. That's something that could certainly be, uh, a thing there. If they want the AJ Dillon type, as far as the replacement, uh, I know uh, Braylon Allen's going to be a popular name. No, uh, I, I no, think... <laughs> I don't want. Him. No, I understand. Uh, I I think that there's if he's used correctly. This is the same case with every player, obviously. But if he's used correctly, I think there's something uh, potentially to that. He's got some sprinter speed to him as well. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, another guy I like is uh, Cody Schrader from, from Missouri, another guy who's probably a later round type. But, again, kind of was Missouri's entire offense, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, all of those kinds of things were 
uh, on display for him throughout the course of the year. But I would certainly be looking at, you know, in the modern, I think Bill said it best in one of his stories is running backs are like a dime a dozen, but they certainly matter in Green Bay. We saw how much better Green Bay's offense was when Aaron Jones was healthy and rolling. You know, they ran for more than 100 yards uh, individually, Jones did, in each of the last five games. So I think that's something that they should be trying to replicate. Uh, and granted, guys like Aaron Jones are, are hard to find. Uh, he's a great player. He might be the best running back I've ever seen come through Green Bay. I say that with uh, – it's a, it's a debate between he and Amon Green. But uh, I am definitely adding multiple guys there. I'm letting Dylan walk, and I'm not letting Patrick Taylor or Emmanuel Wilson stop me from grabbing a couple guys. I want small and fast. That's what I want. I want a home run threat that can also return punts, return kicks, uh, and could be a home run guy. That if Jones goes down, they still have that speed threat. Speed kills and wins in the NFL. I'm not as sold on big power bruising backs, uh, you know, unless you have you know once in a lifetime type guys like Derrick Henry. I'm not going down that route at this point. Are, are you a fan of the big physical back? Uh, if they were to go that route again. Not in the modern era, uh, and maybe not for the same exact reasons, but backs like that typically get better the more they touch the ball. And the reality is that you know, players, individual players don't get 25, 30 carries in a game anymore to kind of do that and lean on opposing defenses that way. So unless the game completely shifts back towards, you know, run the ball down somebody's throat, then, then maybe. But otherwise, like you said, guys like Derrick Henry, their entire offense was built around him. So he was one of one in that regard. But you look at, like, Isaiah Pacheco, he does some split carries. They're playing in the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey is really the only back that touches the ball in San Francisco. But he's <laughs> he was a top-ten pick, and he was one of the best players in the draft. And he's able to play receiver as well as, as running back. So guys like him uh, will touch the ball a lot. But for the most part, yeah, your backs, it's two or three guys at a time. Lafleur has said in the past, that he needs to have three guys on his roster that are all capable of carrying the ball. And, and they found ways to, to get guys like that in Green Bay over the last, what, how long has the floor been here now? Five years. They've had those three backs at a time that they've tried to work, uh, work along that way. So unless the league is going to completely change and have guys get, you know, 25, 30 carries in a game, then, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you that those guys are mostly used in a committee and there's probably a reason for that. He is Jacob Westendorf. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Of course, you can check him over at Packers Central over at si.com slash NFL slash Packers. Him and Bill Huber do a great job over there. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Truly appreciate it. Every and any time, Sparky. Appreciate you.